This is a HeadGum Podcast. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. of Just a Tip, an advice podcast that's equally about its tangents as it is about its tips. I'm your host, Megan Mattoon, with kind of a little bit of a cold, but today to help me help you in perfect health is what it looks like, is Kendall Long. Let's hope so. <laughs> Hello there. Are you feeling under the weather at all? I feel I, I feel a little bit kind of sick. It could be just that season, but yeah. I, I just went on a road trip with my boyfriend, so it could have been, like, we did a lot of snow exploration so I feel like maybe that's oh. why I feel a little weird oh do you ski or snowboard or anything like I that? I snowboard <gasps> I love snowboarding Whoa. we didn't go snowboarding on this little trip but that's like my thing. really yeah I've only skied is snowboarding harder is I think that's I've what I've never heard. skied before I've heard that skiing is easier because you have more control mm. but I I'm a California girl so I grew up surfing and so snowboarding was just kind of the right. same, yeah, yeah, kind, yeah, the just same frozen, vibe. frozen waves yeah. is what snowboarding it's is. It's like a longer break. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you listening may know Kendall from her appearances on The Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise, or even her very own podcast, Down to Date. Down to Date, where you bring two strangers into a studio and they go on a blind date. Yep. Yeah. Tell me more. It's 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 been really fun. Um basically I'm practicing my matchmaking skills. Okay. So um I match people and put them together in a studio. And the interesting thing is to kind of be a third wheel oh. as this couple is uh well, I can't really say couple, but as these two people are getting to know each other. So it's a really interesting position to be in. Yeah. So where do you find the people? So all over. I mean, I've found friends, friends of friends. Um, people will oh. come in and say that they want to be a part of it. So it's, I mean, everyone's welcome. Whoa. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. That's, I was like, I imagine like any dating show that's like, I guess more of a, not like, well, because I mean, I don't know anything about being on The Bachelor, so you can tell me everything, yeah. but like, I would seem like you would cast people and then like sometimes it would work and sometimes it wouldn't. But these are people that are really wanting to find someone and you're kind of like that person that's figuring yeah. it all out. Yeah, and I'm learning how to be an expert third wheel. So I'm actually planning on matching my sister up with somebody soon and my friend, the next podcast that we're doing, I am um, bringing one of my best friends since college in and going to match her with someone that I've been really excited to match her with. So I, it's, it's been really fun. So, okay, 
I'm so fascinated. So you have two people come in, yeah. and then do you ask them questions, or do they just kind of talk, and then you steer them in directions? So I have different sections that are built to have people open up about themselves. Um, so I do have a lot of questions, like question games. And um, in the beginning, I have them say their entire life story in one minute. So <gasps> it's, it's fun to kind of play that game just to get all the surface level stuff out of the way and then we go more in depth at the questions and then they interview each other um, when I leave the room so they can kind of get to know each other a little bit more and then at the end they say if they're down to date or not. That is so cool. When did you come up with that idea? Man, I think it was probably about five months ago. My friend came up to me and he had the idea of doing a dating podcast because I was in the bachelor dating world. And um, I never thought I'd ever do a podcast because Mm. there's a lot of bachelor people that do do podcasts. And um, I just didn't really want to be in that world. Mm -hmm. Um, But then this idea came along and it was completely different than um, just talking about, you know, the show that I was on. So it was actually matching people up, which related to the show, but I can kind of help other people open up. And I think I learned a lot about being on The Bachelor, how being open and asking the right questions like showed who you were in such a short period of time and can actually facilitate um, a strong connection. So I kind of wanted to translate that to the podcast. Totally. In your experience, what's one of the best questions that someone could ask on a first date? Ooh, I think my favorite question is, um, at what age do you learn the most about yourself? Oh my God. And why? I have yeah. chills all over my body. <laughs> I love questions like that. Yeah, because I, I, I would play around with a lot of different questions, but um, it's interesting how everyone has a different perception of the people that they meet, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of triggered on like the, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's triggered on the questions that you ask and like how you facilitate your relationships. So you can you can bring out a completely different side of so many different, of one person. Yeah. So um Yeah, I I had a lot of fun experimenting with that in the show, and so I wanted to bring that to this and um, hopefully have a first date that would be unlike any first date that is more so like the same questions over and over again. This one talks um, about—in the podcast, I try to talk about like exes or your relationship with your family and friends or um, just like really hard times you've gone through. So it just kind of gets down to the nitty gritty right away. Yeah. yeah. That's, I love talking about deep stuff, like right off the bat. Yeah. Have you ever had anyone that was kind of shying away from that? All the time. Oh, yeah? But I think the most important thing I ask when people don't give is just to say why. Mm. You know, like, oh, why do you think that? Oh, why? And, you know, um, and I feel like that or just not saying anything. And just and waiting just for the them silence. to, yeah, because some people are so uncomfortable with the silence, they're like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to say more. Right. You know, so, yeah. I think I read that in a book one time that's like, yep. if you want someone to say something, some more, just stop talking. Exactly. And just wait. And I, somebody will say something. I think the conversations you walk away from, that people walk away from, the, that they think are the, like, the best conversations they've had are the ones where they talk the most about themselves. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, not like in a, oh, it's all about me kind totally. of way, but it's more so like, oh, I was actually able to like, express myself and have this person get to know who I really was. And there's a lot of excitement behind that because mm-hmm. I don't think we have a lot of conversations where we can have like our like, expose who we truly believe we are. Right. And to be seen and heard and understood and yeah. not like interrupted. Yes, exactly. Where, oh, this reminds me of something I did. Yes. Although it's not intentional because it's natural to go back and forth in conversation about things you know. 
But um, when you actually give your full attention to that person, their story, it's it's an interesting thing because it doesn't happen as often yeah. as we'd hope. I think that's so smart doing it in a podcast setting too because when you're in a studio, your phones are off, you're mm-hmm. directly like eye to eye. Mm-hmm. I think that's so good. And also with dating, it's usually what like coffee or a drink yeah. or like alcohol is involved or there's like other stimulants that's kind of taking you away from the moment. Exactly. And then being in a studio, it's like, no, you got to answer these questions. Yeah, right? we have yeah. had wine and a shot. I think two episodes <laughs> oh, we nice. had someone bring wine, and so we did drink wine. Sure. But I always prefer the ones that are just kind of where people do feel uncomfortable because, you you know, you want to live life at the edge of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so—I'm— I love it. I love everything about it. First dates are usually horrible. Those yes. sound really good. And does it ever get, like, not— cringy but anywhere where you're like yes <laughs> so much cringe yes. there is so many cringy moments well the cringiest moment is usually at the end when people say if they're down to date or not oh yeah something about dating and honesty is really hard you oh, know yeah so if you're not feeling it with somebody it, it's hard to say you're not feeling it with somebody and it's not necessarily because that person's not like a cool person mm-hmm. you know yeah, I like who you are but I just you know I, I don't see myself being in a relationship with you that's what I yeah. wish I could do a little bit better. Because yeah. if I go on a first date with somebody, which is like very, very seldom, I hardly ever go on first dates. But then, cause, because if I go on one date and I like them, I'm just with them for f- four years. Yeah. But it, I never, at the very end of the date, they're like, okay, like, oh, they already have my number. And like, okay, I'll talk to you soon. I'm like, great, bye. And then they'll try and schedule something else and I'll just never be available. That's what, yeah. Or ghosting. Like, that's where it happens, where it's like the the dishonesty initially causes for more confusion and more pain later down the line. Right. Which is never intentional. Totally. But that's what dating apps are like. You know what I mean? It's, It's kind of like either you're really in it and you want to make it happen or you try to find a way to slowly disappear. Which I think that's all of the ones that I've ever had, dating apps specifically. I've never had a good, I guess, experience. Uh, But I know it definitely works for other people. I just... I'm I'm so beating around the bush all the time when it comes to dating. I wish I could be like, hey, I don't really see a future with us, but wish you the best. I think it might be like the people-pleasing aspect. I used to be like that as well. Well, I mean, I'm in a relationship now, but when I also am the same way, when I date, it's hard for me just to be honest and say I'm not interested. I always want them to feel at least face-to-face, which is probably the worst way to do it. You're like (laughs) face-to-face, like, oh yeah, it was great. See you next time. So excited. And then later down the line, I'm like, actually, I'm just really busy. Right. But I mean, if you want I think one thing I always live by when when dating is if someone wants to date you, they will. And if they don't, they'll make an excuse. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, yeah, that's with everything. Dating, hanging out, seeing you, working. Yeah. It's a whole... Different ah, ball game. It's, <laughs> I remember when I, I think I saw that in a meme like a while ago, and it just hit me in a different way. It's like, if they want to be with you, they will. I know. That's hard. Hey, we've all had that person that I just know. didn't. And it's totally cool. Yeah. Maybe not in the moment, but I've had people who are just like not feeling it, and I was feeling it, yeah. and I'm sure it's happened the opposite way. I mean, you can't be everyone's, you know, type, yeah. right? Or everyone's, like, girl. So. Right. I dated a guy that said if we aren't pushing each other forward or inspiring each other, we're holding each other back. Hmm. I was like, yeah, oh my God, where was that when we were dating? <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. But it's so true. Like, the minute that you guys are working against each other, mm-hmm. then it should be done. If yeah. you're not willing to work together for each other, exactly. it should be done. Everyone should be giving 100%. It's not a competition. Right. You know, so. Well, that's 
about dating. Yes. Let's learn more about <laughs> you. This is a game we call Bursa Firsts. It's one round of rapid fire questions. Everything from your first job to the first time you cried in public. That's the hardest one. <laughs> and I, Now I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I yell stop, you have to explain, elaborate, or tell the full story. I'm going to take my jacket really yes. <laughs> get, get ready. Get hot. <laughs> this is get hot. Taking put off your jacket. hair up. <laughs> That's when I know something is real. Is like if I put my hair up. Like, oh, have yeah. you ever done an escape room before? Yes. Oh, do I you have love them? I did it one time. It was actually on a first date. <gasps> and oh, my God. It was actually a really cool first date. Yeah. Um, but I, I felt kind of like, it was like a zombie one, and I was actually legit, like, really freaked out. And I was <laughs> like, and I, and I felt like he might not have survived a zombie apocalypse, and that was kind of like a... <laughs> a little turn off? I was like, dang, I, I, kind, I kind of solved that puzzle. Yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> was funny. he an escape room head? Like, was he super into it? No, I think it was his first one, too. Oh, wow. So you kind of... Just go, and it's kind of hard to show, like, your intensely competitive side on your first date. And yeah. I'm, like, that way where I'm like, I'm going to solve this. I'm also really freaked out, but <laughs> I'm going to, you know, figure this out. And we, we got out of there, so... Wow. Yeah. That's so, I feel like escape rooms bring out very true colors into people. So that's so fascinating. That was it your does, first, right? Oh, I should do that. Maybe yeah. not. I'm super into them. So maybe I shouldn't do that. No, that'll be an attractive characteristic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. What was your first job? My first job, I worked at Hollister. Oh my God. Wait, yeah. I got to stop already <laughs> because I remember wanting to work at Hollister, yeah. but you have to be asked. Is that right? I, you have to like do some kind of interest. Well, I initially um, asked to be a, a part, you know, to, okay, to, to be, be a like part a, of it. Yeah, I don't know what, like <laughs> Can a I club be invited or something. to this party? And, yeah, and I was in, a, I think I was, I was in high school. And it was like what a really cool store then. Sure. You know, everyone liked it. Everyone liked that store. And I was like, oh, I can get like discounted clothes. And I spent my paychecks all on the clothes. Always. But when you do the um the first like tryout is kind of what it feels like because they talk about like, if you were a superhero, like what would your really? Yeah, what would your like superhero power be? And like obviously being who I am, I obvi- I thought about my superhero <laughs> power very efficiently. Um and I was like, obviously, I'd be a shapeshifter because you can, like, fly and do this, blah, blah. And I got, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> so, um, anyway, it was—I it was mean, everyone was really nice. You I know, wonder, there. yeah, I wonder if the way that they are asking about your superpower is a way to get you to talk about your greatest strengths, but yeah. making it cool. You like know? your personality, like, right. show us who you are, you know. Oh, so. Well, look at that. Congrats. I never worked there because they never asked me. (laughs) So So, they do that. They have people like actually go out and pass you like a flyer and say, do you want to work here? Right. They never did that to me either. I was just went there and I was like. A go-getter. I demand a job. (laughs) (laughs) We love to see it. First cell phone. Ooh, the first cell phone I had was actually the first color phone. The first color phone? Well, like first well, phone in color? Yeah, it was like really, you know those little tiny weird pixel phones? And it wasn't even a flip phone, it was like that little gray. Yeah, yeah. And I had like this cover on it that was like this pink collage thing. And it was like color. My sister's was black and white. And I thought it was so cool. Yeah. But it was still awful. Like, like I took a picture and it was just like Mr. Pixel. Like it was nothing. Right. But yeah. <laughs> first pet peeve to come to mind. Ooh, first puppy of, um, I don't like baby voices. <gasps> oh, I want to talk about this so much. But I much. feel like I do baby voices sometimes. I, so. Especially if I, I just got a dog. Right. So, oh, have you done it with your dog? Pistachio, i my, I do like, I raise my voice a little bit. I'm like, oh, pistachio. Like, right. I guess but that's kind like a of dog like, voice. Yeah, a baby dog voice. voice. 
I hate when people are like, oh, you're just so do do. Like, oh. Right. It's just like not cute. Oh, man. Like if a boyfriend would do a baby voice to me. Yeah. Like that's not sexy. Right. And yeah. if you would do that to yes. a boyfriend, not sexy. I'm like, you're not my dad. I'm not your mom. Right. Oh. You know. What about to your baby? Do you think you're going to do baby voices? I've heard that when you talk in a baby voice to a baby, it like inhibits their ability to like actually understand real words mm. because you're saying things like, oh, like a, you know, like a forky fork or a dull, you know what I mean? So you're they're like, is it a fork or is it a forky fork? Like, imagine them going to kindergarten and they're like, hey, can you pass the forky fork? And it's like, <laughs> it's like totally. automatically like awful. Like I'm setting my kid up for like a disastrous first year. Totally. Yeah. I think I've read that too. I'm going to try so hard because I have cats yeah. and I definitely sometimes speak that way. I guess maybe in a dog voice, but I really don't want to talk to my kids in a baby voice. No. Well, I don't think dogs listen to you unless you have a high-pitched voice. Right. Because, like, they're so sensitive to hearing. You have to, like, cut through everything else. Right. Like, when I get the more I'm trying to get my dog's attention, like, the higher my voice goes. I'm like, pistachio, pistachio, pistachio. Right. (laughs) It's just like, he's just like, I'm not listening to you, mom. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. First kiss location. First kiss location. Oh, like, like, actual makeout or, like, a peck? Ooh, both. Both, Okay first peck was actually an accident. I didn't want him to kiss me, but it was at school and I remember it was in junior high. Okay. Um, I'm not going to say the guy's name, but like I, I, I turned my face and he like kissed me. Oh. Like he always tried to kiss me on the cheek. He's like my first quote unquote boyfriend, you Got know, it. when you're younger. And he like was trying, I was trying to get him to kiss my cheek, but then I turned and he like accidentally kissed me on the lips. Yes. So it was like in school. Sure. And the first makeout was underneath the bleachers of a football game in high school. Ooh, hot. That's I very know. grease. It was, I, I was so bad at it. It was awful. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, you know, like when you don't like know, it was like a tongue poking. It was just, yeah. No one ever teaches you how to kiss. No. I mean, my parents didn't teach me anything about anything that doesn't have to do with like taxes in like oh, I wish Roth IRAs. I, I wish my parents taught me about taxes. Oh my, did they teach you how to kiss? <laughs> well, I mean, I was very open about like my physical relationships with my parents. Mm. So they would always, they didn't teach me how to kiss, but they were there in case I wanted to talk to them about really? it. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so supportive. Yeah, they're pretty cool. That sounds pretty cool parents. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved that. I mean, I, I have a friend that I also talk about this soon, and I'm always like, I wish my parents would talk to, talk to me about feelings. And she's yeah. like, we only talk about feelings. Like sometimes I'm like, dad, what's a credit score? And I'm like, oh my God, I've been learning about that since I was 12. Oh, like, I, wish, see, I wish I had that. But the one thing I do love about my parents, how they raised me, is that they always made like being physical with somebody, like they never made me feel guilty about it. Ugh. You know, like I never felt like I was never allowed to express my love for somebody. Yeah. And because of that, I'm an extremely affect- like affectionate person. Mm-hmm. So like I love like touching and just like, you know, expressing myself physically. Yeah. Um, but I know a lot of friends that they feel like guilty about that side of themselves because it's, you know, like a sh- shame to like, you know, yeah. be physical with people. So, yeah, I always appreciated that they never made me feel ashamed of that. Yeah, I think that's one thing that I really, really wish I had more support on because I mean, growing up, especially Catholic, that's yes. like shame central. My mom was raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. And then she yeah. just— I think because of that, she— did the opposite, where I wasn't really raised with religion. It was more so um, being a kind person. Yeah. And um, I think they trusted me. They're like, as long as you 
just know that when you give yourself to somebody in any physical capacity, um, you're actually you are giving a part of yourself to that person, and they're yeah. going to have that forever. And so, do you feel comfortable with them having that forever? That's a smart way of putting it. Yeah, oh, I was I like, that. maybe he doesn't deserve it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is your first choice in a karaoke book? Ooh, oh my gosh, uh, Doctor Evil. Um, just the two of us. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's very good. <laughs> first major purchase. My ma- first major purchase isn't like actually, I'm very thrifty, so I don't really spend a lot of money. Major purchase? I think it had to have been like, oh, I think it was like a trench coat. Ooh. For me, it was a big deal. It was like yeah. a $100 trench coat, and I've always wanted one. And I used to work at this store called All Saints, and they had them yeah. like majorly discounted, and so I got one of those jackets. For a hundred bucks at All Saints? Yeah. Wow. I know. For, well, I worked there so I was like able to get all oh, the deals. Oh, right, right, right. Um, and then, I'm not going to mention who, borrowed my jacket and got paint on it. <gasps> yeah. But oh you my know God. what? It made me learn that you got to let go of material things. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> Still have a little bit of resent, but no, <laughs> totally, as always. First internet screen name. Oh. Uh, I... Is that for like, like I don't know. AOL, AIM? I don't even know what my AOL MySpace. name was. I think it was like Kendall 88 It was my first email. Oh, yeah. Hopefully it's not still that email. Well, it's my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> no, girl. I have been wanting to change it for so long, but I'm like, oh, but people know me as that now. It's oh, like, yeah. You know? And I was like, and the reason why I had it was because my friend used to call me Kiki. Oh, so like really? Key Kendall 88. 88's my favorite number. It's not even the year I was born. It's just like I like the number 88. It doesn't make any sense. Like, I hate it too. <laughs> I hate it too. What is the first thing you think when someone doesn't answer the phone? Mm, it depends who it is. Okay. Because if it's my sister, then I know she she's probably hanging out with someone because she never looks at her phone when she's around people. <gasps> what a great quality. Yeah, she's she's great. If it's... If it's mm, my boyfriend, then he always, he usually always answers the phone and it's usually like really quick things. But if he doesn't answer it, it means that he legit, I don't know, doesn't have it. This is like, I'm sorry, this is like a really long winded no, answer it. to this question. It's very pure, which yeah. is like you have good people in your life. Yeah. It depends, it, de- it does depend who it is. Totally. Yeah. First celebrity crush Jeremy Sumter mm. from Peter Pan. Wow. I used to like go to bed trying to look all pretty, thinking that Jeremy Sumter Peter Pan was going to go in my window. So cute. I mean, and it never. That, or I used to like put my covers up to my neck thinking a vampire was going to eat my. Oh, yeah, always. Yeah. Sometimes, like, no, not even to get into it. This is about you. <laughs> Girl, please. <laughs> First concert. First concert. Oh. Um, I'm trying to think. First concert. Was oh, I'm trying to remember. I don't know. Oh, I saw, I saw. Um, what's their, their name? They, they call it like the Dirty Heads. It's like a reggae band. Oh, cool! But they had it at like this school, at, like for in high school. Oh, and nice! It was some kind of like reggae, like you know. So it was a free concert. It was a free concert. Nice. Yeah, I wasn't my first concert. I couldn't afford. So <laughs> first scar. My first scar, ooh, I fell I fell in the bathtub and I have a scar on my elbow. <gasps> I forgot which elbow. Which one? I that one. This one. The, the right, right, right elbow. elbow? Yeah. So I fell down. So my sister broke the soap dish and she tried to glue it together with soap. And oh. then when I took a shower, the soap got dissolved and I fell no. and like Yeah. And it was bleeding and I had to like get changed with one arm and when you fell, did she feel it? 
because they're <laughs> twins. She actually one time, uh, I oh, she fell and hit her face on the coffee table and I cried. Really? We were babies. Wow. Yeah. But I don't know if there's any direct correlation to those events. <laughs> I was just crying. <laughs> yeah. I was a drama queen, yeah. <laughs> what is the first thing you do when you like someone? Um, like if I see them in person? Or if I'm, or is it Ooh. like? Yeah. Any, it could be was the first time you liked your current boyfriend now, or the first time you had a crush in high school, or the first time you meet someone and you like them in general. Ooh. Um, I mean, with, with Joe, I mean, I'm usually a pretty, not aggressive, but I'm, I want to allow space for the guy to know that I like them. Okay. So I feel like I try to make them com feel comfortable enough to like come Ooh, over to me. Let's stop here <laughs> to go. This is like now just practical advice for me. How do you get someone to know that you like them? I guess like, so if you're going out at a bar or if you see someone like I just happened to meet my current boyfriend on Paradise, um... I always feel like the guy is just as afraid as mm. the girl to like make the first move. And usually it's all on the guy to make the first move. But for me, I try to make them at least feel like, oh, she's interested. If I come up, she's not going to just completely put her hand in my face and be all, you know, too cool for me. Okay. So, I so just, you just like smile or you get like the three second, like, it's going <gasps> to sound creepy. Let's do it. But if you just like look them in the eye and just like, you know, you kind of smile and then you can kind of just like... It's not like a motion over. It's almost kind of just like uh, we could, like, we can talk yeah. <laughs> if you're interested. It's like the extra second of eye contact is yeah. permission. Or or if you go into space. So I feel like guys are really intimidated by being, like, if you're in a group of all your girlfriends, it's very intimidating. So separating yourself from that and allowing there to be, like, space next to you for mm -hmm. you, allowing yourself to be alone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend that said that she goes to the bar alone, which is like fine, but no. I'm scared. I would I couldn't go to the bar alone either. I'd be freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, I get I get I get asked out all the time. I just go to the bar alone and just yeah. have a drink and when, when people see that you're having a good time, they just come up to you. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. It's hard. I feel like if I go by myself and someone's like, Oh, who are you here with? I'm like, just myself. Like, yeah, I like, feel what like are you, you know. To say? Yeah. Like I just casually go out and get drinks by myself. It's just a thing. Right. I mean, I'd want to be that woman. Like, I aspire to be that woman. I would love to be that yeah. person. I feel like I, when I used to travel alone a lot, I would always bring a book and I would just get a drink at the bar in the hotel wherever yeah. I was staying. And I would just be reading a book. And oh my God, if you're reading a book at a bar, everyone wants to talk to you. <laughs> what are you reading? And it's like, like who? Yeah. I'm reading this because I don't want to talk to people. Yes, exactly. Like, is, right? I feel like the book is like supposed to be like a barrier. Right. Yeah. And it's not. No, it's an invitation. It's a, it's a conversation starter. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. What is your first show that you binge watched? First show? Uh, I mean, I watch a lot of Forensic Files. I know it sounds... <laughs> Weird, but like I would tape them, you know. Like uh -huh. I, and so this is like before Netflix or any kind of thing was a thing. And so I would just tape them and I'd watch them over and over. And then I'd also watch like documentaries. So I would just there's like this site called DocumentaryHeaven.com that I would like just watch like documentary after documentary after documentary. Fun. It was it was it was fun, but like I was always like the did you know girl. Like, right, right, right. Did you know that this is the world? I you love know. that though. Yeah. <laughs> What's the weirdest thing that you can come up with from the top of your head from one of those documentaries? Um, there's this one documentary that I saw that was about this boy who was planning his own funeral. <gasps> like he had a disease and he was going to be dying within the year. Oh. And so the documentary is about like following him as he like plans for his funeral and as he, 
he like had some sort of um, disease where his skin and bones were very, very fragile. So he had like be wrapped with a bunch of bandages and it was a very painful life. Oh man. I know. Sorry. It was a Did he have a good funeral? Um, well, the weird thing was, is that he was trying to make it like a party. Like he knew his death was coming like since he was born. So oh. he was like always prepared for that. So in his mind, it was like, oh, my casket's going to have like these tigers on it. And then I, the tiger is going to come out and there's gonna be, like these like all these like sparks and like flames and stuff. And then when it actually happened, it was like so sad. Because yeah. it's like this little boy who was, I like, had such a great spirit and like he had finally passed after planning this thing for like, you know, such a long time. And then like the big moment with a casket was like being lowered with like the eye of the tiger. And like, you know, it was just felt like it was such a weird feeling. But everything happened like how he wanted it. Yeah. And it just was. It didn't translate, obviously, because grief. Well, emotionally, no, because he was thinking, like, oh, this is I'm going out with a bang. Right. And I think everybody else was like, man, it's just so devastating that yeah. this is—the life that he led, it, he got to plan his funeral to, like, such an extent. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my gosh. This transition will be interesting. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> oh, gosh. First excuse you make when trying to cancel plans. Ooh. I just say that I'm, like— I, I just say that I'm like tired or I really want to, but like it wouldn't be fun. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but it wouldn't be fun. Like, I, love I would that. Be, I would make everybody like I would just put everyone's mood like a little bit down because like I wasn't feeling like being out. Right. You know? That's honest. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> you wouldn't want me there. Yeah. It'd be awful. <laughs> it would be awful. And lastly, the first time you cried in public, if you can remember. Ooh. First time I cried in public. Well, okay, so this is when I was younger and all the kids were playing in the play in, in like the neighborhood. This is like the first time. It goes way back. Okay. Um, and I and no one was like giving me attention and I wanted to have attention, so I sat on the wall and cried for like literally no apparent reason. Yeah. And the kids in the neighborhood came up and like, what's wrong? What's wrong? I'm like, you wouldn't understand. Like it was so <laughs> it was like not even You I, got uh, the attention though. I did, I know. It was such a it's such an awful first cry. Like, I feel like it should have been for something so much more substantial. But it's like, no, I just wanted attention. So. At least it worked. Yeah, you know. Ask and you shall receive, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I cry all the time if I want attention. So. <laughs> I never learned. <laughs> well, now that we know more about you, let's take a quick break and then we come back and help other people. How does that sound? Sounds wunderbar. I love it. During this break, drink some water. That's just a PSA that I'm going to give to you because everyone's getting sick. While Kendall gives us an extra piece of advice you can find at Just a Tip Podcast on Instagram. And we'll be right back. Very hydrated. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. 
The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. And we are back. Before we get into helping someone, uh, I need to know a little bit more about you still. So can you tell me if you are obsessed with something right now that I should have in my life? This mm. is just like about my life now, trying to, <laughs> trying to learn from other people how to make my life better. I think what I'm obsessed with. Um, oh, okay. Well, this is not, this is a present that I got Joe, but he's okay. been obsessed with it, but I benefit from it. Okay, cool. So it's a, it's a pizza gifts. oven. So he, I got oh. him a pizza oven. It's like a Breville. I don't know if I'm even pronouncing it right. Yeah. Whatever. It's a pizza oven. And so he literally makes pizza once every like four days. Oh my God. And it's amazing. Okay. And he's like improving his skill. <laughs> so um, I've kind of been obsessed with that because he's been obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm just using him for his pizza making skills. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so get somebody else close to you a pizza oven. Yes. Is the goal. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> okay, we have a question from, oh, I don't know the age. Usually we know the age. Oh, no, 22. We have a question from a 22-year-old. Okay. And we're the, I think we're the same age. So not I'm not 22. You and I. <laughs> I, was, I didn't mean bring my mind back to when I was 22. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> All that time ago. Yeah. Here we go. Hi, Megan and mystery guest. Um, this is about to get very real. Get ready. So I'm the, I'm 22 and a senior in college. I'm in an acting program where we work with the same 11 people in class every day. However, I had to take this semester off because my mom was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Oh, um, I'm living at home two hours away from school. And when I told my friends and classmates and two best friends who I previously lived with why I wasn't coming back, they all asked me what they could do. I told them to just keep me in the loop and talk to me because I feel super isolated. Um, the semester is basically over and only one of them texted me one time without me initiating first. Mm. <sighs> Obviously, I'm extremely hurt by this and it doesn't help my extreme insecurities about losing friendship. Mm-hmm. So my question is, how do I go back to school next semester and work with these people who I thought were my best friends but who haven't been there for me when I needed them most? Thanks so much. Oh, my God. See, that's difficult because I've never been through something, like, that painful. Neither have I. I. So, I mean, I can speak to the fact that friends are—yeah, it's very sensitive sensitive with friends, and I've had a lot of issues—not issues, but unless you tell people what you're thinking, they don't know what you're thinking. Right. And so I feel like my best advice for that would be to find strength in the vulnerability— of exposing like how you felt and um i think a lot of people see vulnerability as weakness but it allows you to connect with people and to allow other people to understand like oh this person thinks the same way that i do or maybe they were afraid to reach out because she was going through a really hard time and maybe they felt like the class wasn't as important as what her mom was going through you know so i mean it's hard to know everyone's perspective but i wouldn't I, 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 what I learned with friendships, I can't talk. What I learned with friendships is that you can't go straight to villainizing people, you know, because there's more to one perspective to the story. And maybe they, um, they thought they were being helpful by not 
busying her with like schoolwork. Right. You know, so that's kind of how I would see it. Yeah. I find that personally, it's really hard for me when people, when my friends are going through something like that, because since I haven't been through it, I don't know what the right thing is to say. Exactly. But the thing is, our, our caller has told the friends what mm-hmm. they, she would need from them, which is already super vulnerable. To, to ask for something that you need is a really, a really sensitive state and like really brave also. So yeah. for her to put herself out like that and then not receive something that she was asking for, mm-hmm. that sucks. Like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I think maybe I'm not a great person to answer this question because I'm like, no, either address it and ask them or let it out on the table. And like, this is how it made me feel. This is what I asked for. I I didn't get it. So in turn, I felt unworthy or unloved or Mm -hmm. undervalued. And I don't, if we want to have this to be a relationship, we need to work at it or we need to go our separate ways. Like, I don't know if there's a or I, because I would either just leave, or I guess that is the only two options you have: is leave or address it. Right. Well, I feel like with acting, it's a very like emotional forward in terms of like going through school. Um, I went, I had a couple acting classes when I was younger, not because I was a great actress, because I'm not. But <laughs> it was just because I was uh, doing it for college for some extracurricular. And um, one thing I loved about acting class is that people were so vulnerable and they use that vulnerability to find like power in creating characters. And so I feel like maybe going through something that's so tremendously difficult, maybe using that as a strength going into something as vulnerable as an acting class. And I think other people will see that and have like admiration for the strength that she had. Right. You know, what should she do when she goes back? You know, I feel like you can't let other people distract you from your dream and from, like, your ambitions. So I think initially just saying this is how it made me feel, and I don't know what your intention was, but I felt kind of left out when I was going through a really difficult time, just, like, laying it all out there. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and I feel like people would have a tremendous amount of understanding because I feel like— She's going through a lot of emotion, not only with, you know, her mother and her family, but also with the school. So I feel like that is one thing that she can maybe control mm-hmm. by, like, expressing herself. Right. I guess I'm, I love that my true colors are coming out because I'm like, I'm still mad because she told them what she needed. I know. And they didn't come through. I feel like, I feel like a lot of the time, like we were talking about ghosting earlier, if something is difficult— People, their automatic choice is just to stay away from something that's difficult. Right. So emotionally, it would be difficult for them to t- talk to talk about like death and having to experience that, and maybe they don't they don't know how they can be there. And it, there's a fear of having ha- having to like talk about something that's so you know scary. So maybe instead of having instead of figuring out how to deal with it, their first initial reaction is to disappear. And it's right. also the bystander effect, you know, where the bystander effect effect is when you think someone is going to do it, like someone mm. will do it, so I don't have to. Right. So I almost feel like that was also a part of it. Oh, interesting. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, either way, I'm very sorry about this. And if they do, if you do go, I guess this is any relationship, whether it's friendship, uh, family even, or, or relationships, if you come to someone and— lay it out on the line, tell them how you really feel and what you need, and they can't meet you there, 
then you just that's when you just have to walk away and find someone that can be there for you yeah. in the way that you need. Very true. <sighs> that's heartbreaking. I know. Dang. Yeah. Best of luck. Yeah. I mean, she's coming back the next semester, so hopefully her mother's feeling better or overcoming it. Yeah, that would be really nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Have you ever, <clears throat> in a tough time, what is something that you need personally that you've you've figured out in, in your experience? Like, do you need someone to be there physically or do you need to hear specific set of words? Like, what is your thing that makes you feel really safe? Um, for me, it's definitely being there physically because it's hard to know what to say. Mm. But I think when you hold someone, you let them know that that you're there and you're something solid and something that seems so chaotic. I feel like physically, like giving a hug really means a lot to me. Yeah. Um, and I also just love listening to like music. Like mm-hmm. I listen to this one song whenever I have anxiety and it just helps calm me down. What's on is it? Um, it's Anne Brune, uh, To Let Myself Go. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, I want to hear it. It's Anne Brune. Now, now I can't think of what it actually what it's actually called because that, that would to let myself go is another one that I listened to. Anne, Anne Brune, Dorian, Dorian, mm-hmm. Anne Brune, Dorian. How do you spell that? D O R I A N. How do you spell Brune? Uh, let's see. Let's see. It's, I'm gonna butcher it. Oh, I see. Anne Brune, Dorian. <laughs> now I'm like. <laughs> I only listen to it every day. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm sorry. It's Agnes Obel. Oh. So Anne Brune is, yeah, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> the song I listen to is uh, Dorian by Agnes Obel. Oh, that's yeah. so weird. I think uh, for some reason it's already played on my YouTube. So it means really? I've heard it before. Ooh. But let me see. Maybe someone else has mentioned it on the podcast. Because yeah. I don't recognize this song. Oh, this is live in Berlin. Oh. Have you heard this version? I've, I don't think I've ever heard the live version. I usually just resort to the same one. <laughs> is it? Mm-hmm. It's very atmospheric. But it's, it's definitely different from the recorded version. Is it? Yeah. But I like it. It's beautiful. What's the main difference? Is just like mastered? Well, usually the vocals come in sooner. <gasps> Ooh, okay. I'm going to go find that version because I do yeah. like a vocal. <laughs> yeah, right. Me too. It's Ag- yeah, it's just Dorian by Agnes. Oh, here it is. This is it. You're I like, can tell I by know the static. That static. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, I can't <laughs> static anywhere. <laughs> yep. It's so true, though. I love it. <laughs> it's coming on. It's very funny. Uh. And like what is it like the people like that are s- s- dancing around? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so nice. It's like very calming. Yeah. Right? How did you hear about this song? I have no idea. I, 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 well, you know, I think everyone goes through a phase where they're just listening to a bunch of different kinds of music and they're seeing their identity in music. And so, um, when I heard this song, it just made me feel like it just took away my anxiety. Yeah. And so I've used it as like a tool for that. I love that it. There's a her voice is kind of similar to Saint Vincent. Have you ever heard? Yeah, Saint Vincent. I love Saint Vincent. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Wow. Thanks for it's a like new track. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Amazing. The last section we have before we end. Oh, so sad. Is called Tip Jar. It's a segment where people send a suggestion, like a one one or two word suggestion, and we have to give one piece of 
one piece of advice using only three words. So the example I always give is if the suggestion was Los Angeles, then three words of advice would be check parking signs. Oh my gosh, so true. (laughs) That's a great one. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, so three words only for first dates. That works out. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, ask scary questions. Oh, I was yeah. going to say something similar. <laughs> I was going to say ask interesting questions, but yeah. yeah, what's interesting? Okay, so you take ask scary questions. That's mm-hmm. very good. I'm going to say listen over talking. Ooh, yeah. Except for if they don't talk, then it's annoying because then you have to talk. You just have to leave the silence. Right. So they feel the silence. <laughs> I'm going to try that next time, but I think yeah. I'm the one that's scared of the silence so much. I'm like, oh, what's you just your... stare at people and just like start nodding. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> what are three words of advice for social media? Mm, I would say don't check hourly. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, because I feel like it's an obsession. Yeah. It's like an instant gratification. I mean, it's it's just built into being human. Totally. To want to have that instant gratification and checking and seeing. And that's why it's so effective. I mean, I love Instagram, of course. But um, but yeah, I would just say, give it a break. Give it a break. Give, give it a break. break. Give it a break. <laughs> okay, that's good. I will say... I'm going to say, mind your follows. Mm. So just like, what what are you following? Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, unfollow that's something that's not, whatever's clouding your mind. Because for me, when I wake up, I'm instantly on it. Yes. I check Instagram, I check my email, I check Twitter. And whatever yeah. I see in the morning is carries with me through the day, subconsciously, so whether true. I want to or not. Yeah. So, yeah, mind your follows. Mm-hmm. Because that is, it, it greatly dictates, like, your happiness. Mm-hmm. It definitely does. Whether you know it or not. Mm -hmm. And lastly, fear. Do you have three words for fear? Run towards it. (gasps) Wow. Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) Okay, cool. Run towards it is a good one. I'm going to say don't react because. That doesn't make full sense. But I get it. Yeah. Right? If I I had more than three words. Yeah. But yeah, don't don't react from. Don't react from. That works. Yeah. I think all the worst things in the world are because of fear, like reacting from fear. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And you always have a choice. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, you're either reacting from love or from fear. Mm-hmm. Reacting from, yeah, I was going to like say something that I just said on another podcast, so we won't say that. Um, <laughs> yes. And lastly, I, I know I just said lastly, but I like to add one final piece of advice that you give to your younger self. So what is one piece of advice that you would give to maybe 17-year-old Kendall? It'd probably be um, follow your obsessions. Because the things that you're obsessed with and the things you're passionate about, those are the things that always bring you more happiness. Like, don't follow the money. My dad always used to tell me that. And so I feel like you live every single day, like, that you do work is, like, that's how you live your life. So do it in something that, like, you are like passionate about obsessed with (laughs) yeah I love that where can people find you on the internet if they want more of you obviously your podcast (laughs) podcast down to date um you can get it on any apple or anywhere you get your podcasts um and you've heard my instagram key kendall 88 (laughs) um (laughs) we hate it but it's there um (laughs) and um um down to date podcast is also where I have a lot of updates with my podcast Amazing. On Instagram. I love it. 
If you have a sticky situation or a burning concern, call us at 805-751-9071. We are here for you the best that we can be. We'll see you next week on Just a Tip. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.